listening to Red Fang here on the Modern Punk Podcast. I'm Sid McCry and what an episode I have for you lined up this week. This is a weird one. I'm not gonna lie, this is probably the strangest episode that I've done. I'm hanging out with Brian Giles, guitarist, vocalist for Red Fang. We are talking about how to survive the zombie apocalypse. We're talking about weird body modifications. And we're talking about why at the start of the COVID pandemic, he went out, or just about went out, I should say, to buy a gun because Portland, Oregon, apparently was looking like it was gonna turn into some Mad Max territory. So we take right into that in this fantastic episode full of tour horror stories, roadshow stories, uh, and questionable decisions. This is Red Fang, you're on the Wall Punk Podcast. Stick around till the end of the episode for the new track, Why? And you can stream the album, Arrows, right the hell now. It's just come out, so make sure you get a look at that. They're a great band. See you at the end of the episode. Gone. Hello. How are you finding the um, the press cycle? Because are you bored yet? Are you like sick of the same old shit, or is it kind of fun after having a long break? Um, yeah, I think it's kind of fun. It, well, it's it's nice to be concentrating on um, you know uh, music and and moving forward. You know, being, being on pause for so long. Um, I forgot. Uh, you know, I almost forgot what that. Um, you know, you put out a record and you talk about it. <laughs> uh, so anyway, it was sort of a surprise. Like, oh yeah, we have to be on the phone a lot now. So, but that you know, but I I, I have no problem with it. Uh, you know, my I think the only problem I have is, I'm like, man, I've told the same story a lot, you know, <laughs> and so I'm like, you know, it's not as though other people are watching these things back to back, going, oh my god. So anyway. But I do try, I try my best to mix up my anecdotes whenever possible. Yeah, I, th- I think a lot of that comes down to the person that's talking to you as well, right? We've got to be fresh and, and interesting enough to, you know, make sure we can we can get something new and exciting out of you. Yeah, you, you know, I mean, if, if you ask me, you know, what's my favorite heavy metal band, I'll say Black Sabbath. You ask me what my favorite color is, I'll say blue, you know, but it's not going to blow any minds. <laughs> yeah what what i was wondering actually is what your favorite kind of sword is uh scimitar how's that nice nice i like yeah. it that's that's the scoop yeah like simbad oh uh, yeah yeah good i'm a sort of this is lame um I, but i don't care i'm a kind of two-handed broadsword sort of a guy i like the idea right, of big right. burly knights and armor just you know lopping off noggins yeah, I mean, I like the idea of the samurai sword and the and the and the code of um, honor and everything, but um, 
Yeah, don't you think they were probably just cutting off people's heads like everybody else? I suspect a fair amount of that went on. Yeah, I think I think bloodthirsty was kind of was sidelined, but uh, that was their main gig. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, they they were of course warriors and and fighters of you know above all else, right? Yeah, I think I think the 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 samurai way was don't get killed. You know, that would be the first thing that's on their mind. Yeah. Yeah, you're extremely expensive and time-consuming to train. Please don't die. Exactly. That damn out, that armor, you know, it took us years. Mm. Yeah, it will tailor to fit. It's, you know, it's interesting, I think, when you have a when you have a break, how do you fill that time? Like, did you just wake up one day and go, fuck, it's been five years? Or is it just kind of, because I mean, you don't stop writing music, right? Like, that's kind of a given. They're just, you keep doing what you do. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've come up with them. Um countless ideas you know the cutting room floor is you know you're, you'd be about knee deep in ideas but you know oh, tell me about it ideas that we've actually chased down to the end um not so much but you know that's kind of the way we do it you know we we do try to chase down ideas as far as possible but if we're all not real jazz on it then we move on um but like on this new record we you know i think it's the, the introductory riff to funeral coach is a riff that uh, we've been playing since 2007, um, you know, and I've always loved that riff, but it was a homeless riff. And I was like, man, so, you know, fast forward, you know, 13 years and it finally has a home, which is great, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, so even if something doesn't grab us or we, we can't really figure out, um, you know what to do with a certain idea we, we never give up on it completely we just put it in the archives and uh you know when we sometimes you wait a decade and you go back and you dust it off and you're like why didn't i think this was good 10 years ago you know or and why that, did i think you, this was good yeah or why did i think this was good yeah that which is why i don't listen to my, our previous records very often it's a, it's a moving funny on thing. i say <laughs> it's a it's a funny thing though i think because like music comes out for us as as fans i mean and it's new and exciting and like like you a lot of people told me what you said oh yeah i've had this riff kicking around for 10 years five years like it's been stuck in my head i didn't know what the fuck i was going to do with it and all of a sudden i had a home and it's yeah. that there's this like an odd disconnect there right where what's new for us is not necessarily boring but like old for for you guys right yeah i mean it's uh you know, it's part of, you know, being a musician, you've got to make your thing, you know, it's, it's a lot of work to, uh, to get something. I mean, you could just slap dash some stuff together and, you know, whatever, but if something you're really proud of that you can stand behind, you know, it takes a long time, you know, for us, it does, mm-hmm. um, you know, like, like comedians, it seems like, you know, uh, they spend their careers making, making something that they work incredibly hard at to sound casual and like they just came up with this idea, like, oh, you know what's funny? But they've been thinking about the way to say, you know what's funny for like a year. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, but, and I'm aware of that with comedy, but, uh, but I'm very much a fan. I don't, when I'm in it, I, I love, I love the illusion and I, and I enjoy the show, you know. It's I, new I, to me. Yeah. So. Exactly. Exactly. And, it's, and so it's still exciting. Right? I love going back through old YouTube videos and finding jokes 
this makes it sound like I do it as a hobby. But you know, when you go uh-huh. down the rabbit hole of comedians and you realize that they, they've been using the same joke with a slightly altered punchline for the past kind of like five years or something. Oh, and, yeah. And you start to kind of understand the amount of craft and labor and love that goes into putting that whole thing together. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, you know, they I think a lot of comedians go out and they and they try their material and they, you know, this joke is slightly funny. I get a, a slightly better laugh if the character is named Larry instead of John. So even something as dumb as that, they're like, well, OK, Larry seems to be working better. It's just crazy. It, I mean, it it just seems so uh, foreign to me, just like how you can. <clears throat> You know, I mean, I just tell bad jokes. I mean, that's why I'm not a comedian because I tell bad jokes, you know, but to tell a perp- a really good joke that really gets people does take a lot of work. Jokes are so but, fucking but, hard to write. But nobody wants to, nobody wants to deal with the work. They just want the end result. And that's fine. You know, there's nothing wrong with it. That's why we have Deliveroo. Wait, I don't think you have Deliveroo in the US, do you? It's like um, Postmates or Uber Eats. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's like we no, don't want to deal with the we don't want to deal with the work, so we just kind of you know get the finished product. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I. I. You know. And then you could put it in your own casserole dish and say you cooked it. Mm. <laughs> I'm gonna do that next time. It's my night to cook. Yeah. I could blow some blow some minds. Yeah. Yeah. Where you're in Portland, or just Oregon yeah. in general? Portland, Oregon. Yeah. Nice. I was there for two days about two years ago um and have kind of missed it ever since in an, in an odd sort of way i got a what tattoo and everything up? but yeah what you what brought you up here i was doing a um holiday in the u.s and i was just i spent a month there and in seattle and a couple other places and one of them was portland but i the day i arrived there was this massive protest forward slash riot on like the main bridge so it was like oh, okay not really doing anything <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah. So yeah, we're we're getting we're getting to get a we're getting a reputation for that, I guess. Yeah, you guys are hardcore. Yeah, man, for giving a shit. You know, I mean, I, you know, you could spin it any way you want, but that's the way I look at it. It's the Portland, the city that gives a shit. It's cool, man. It's it's a. I mean, you obviously know it's a cool city, but it's. Yeah, I don't know. I just really liked it. It just has such like a nice vibe. Is that? is that kind of like what keeps you there i've i've i like to just for context for that question i like to pretend that i'm the kind of traveling troubadours type who can sleep in a different place every night but i fucking can't but you know i like to have a home well you you could you just choose not to yeah i would die (laughs) i like my creature comforts you know yeah i i I, uh, enjoy it i like i like that i like moving around um but when I'm home, I'm very, I'm very much a homebody. You know, I don't, I'm not painting the town when I'm at home. I, you know, getting, getting me to a social event or to a show or something is sort of a tall order. Um, but, you know, had not even having the option to do that for the past year, you know, I'll, I'll go to a dinner party. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I know that's, that's been a weird thing. So you're, you're not one of those people that's like crawling up the walls when you're at home after tour being like, fuck, I have to go back out. It's like quite nice to take a break. No, I like, I mean, well, you know, in normal times, um, we, I think we had a really nice, nice um, balance. We were averaging probably around four months a year touring, mm-hmm. um, which is great. You know, I mean, honestly, I spend more than a month and a half at home 
um, at a stretch and my wife starts asking me, so when are you going on tour again? So <laughs> I know, I know when it's time to move up to, to get out of, to get gone for a minute. So. They, they say that the secret to long relationships is never being around. So uh, yeah. What do they say? It's a, you know, uh, absence makes the heart grow fonder and yeah. hunger's the best and hunger's the best gravy. Oh, I like that one. I hadn't heard that I, other half of it. I, I like hunger's the best gravy because um, it, well, it makes me hungry. Mm. I'm a, I'm a gravy fan. Like a Putin, Putin fan, you know, like chips. Uh, gravy, yeah. Cheese. I don't uh-huh. know. I mean, no, it's okay. No, this is it. Like, this is a judgment free space. It's, oh, it's a gotcha. It's a gotcha question about poutine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think poutine is okay. I, um, it's not my favorite thing. It's, it's weird what an obsession it is, uh, or just how prevalent it is in Canada. Um, I guess it's not surprising. I mean, you know, Americans have nachos. I mean, we, we do some pretty despicable things to our bodies, you know, I mean, <laughs> don't even get started on the, the list of crap in a hot dog. So, you know, but uh, yeah, just something about a, a, a heap of fries with gravy on it. You know, I mean, give me a pork chop with gravy on it any day. I mean, I, I am in the country that invented deep fried Mars bars. So, you know, oh. I, I'm not going to be like waving a health flag or anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The Snickers bar is macrobiotic, right? Yeah. 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 The, it was the deep fried Mars bar. Um, there's actually a chippy down the road from me that does full 12 inch deep fried pizzas. Um, if that's your jam. Uh, I don't know. Is it like, like, fried chicken like a like a bat like a buttermilk batter like does it look like a disc like a fried chicken disc and then it happens to be pizza inside kind of yeah oh i definitely try it might be that just might, sounds like it might be too much of a good thing yes but that's you know we that's the thing we like to do up here is we just deep fry everything we can get fantastic you know, I used to deep, I used to deep fry pickles at a club I worked at. And, uh, that was tricky. You, it was, um, to get the outside crispy. If you didn't do it long enough, it was soggy. Um, and then it would reach a perfect moment. But right around that time is when the pickle turns sort of translucent and gray and, and kind of runny on the inside. So you had to, it was a balancing act. If you want a crispy pickle on the inside and a crispy outside, uh, it was it there was an art to it mm. so i'm i'm no stranger to deep frying things i've never had one but it sounds amazing oh it's great yeah where would i get one in portland fried pickles ah geez you know i can't think of a place offhand that has them i'm sure people are making them i used to work at a club called blackbird it was like a you know indie punk club and uh, that was one of the things we had have you, ever, have you ever had a Scottish egg? Yes. Or a yeah. Scotch egg? Scotch egg, yeah. Th- those are pretty goddamn amazing. It took I'm a while for the brain to catch up there, and I was like, oh, Scotch egg, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. I don't know if they're Scottish, but they're Scottish. Yeah, sorry, it's um, quarter to 11, so I'm on, I'm on lo-fi at the moment. Oh, you're, you're, well, you're doing great. It's not, like, this, these are the, the, the thing is, I was like, these are the ones that get weird. We're doing, you know, the guys in era, um, 
and chatted to them a while ago. Apparently, one of them had never seen Star Wars. And so that was a whole rabbit hole that we had to go down. Wow, that's that's impressive. I think probably at this point in your life, if there's if someone who hasn't seen Star Wars yet hasn't, it's probably a point of pride. And if they see it come on television, they probably run away because it would ruin the fact that they're one of the few who has avoided it. I was like that with Harry Potter until my girlfriend convinced me that I needed to read it to impress her. Ah, well, it you know, worked. You, you know, things you do for love. I know. I know. I've never read the books. I I watched some of the some of the movies. I sort of fell off. I it, I it didn't engage me that much. But I thought the the first couple of movies were you know really well. It was a really cool universe they made. Yes, I and I've I heard, and I, and the whole book. Uh, I, I hear the books are better, but that's usually the case. Yeah, I think the the thing with that though, right, is and I, in a way this kind of ties in with music. But with books, we get to populate it ourselves. Right? Like, the, like the words are there, but we get to kind of imagine who the people are and attach our own feelings and that kind of thing. But if you watch a movie, yeah, absolutely. it's someone else's vision that you have to line up with your own. You kind of go, what the fuck is that? Yeah, and, it's, and that's why I do my damnedest. If there's something I'm really interested in, I try to read the book before I see the movie because if you do it the other way around, then, you know, it's suddenly, you know, it's the, an actor's face comes into your mind when you're reading the book instead of this, you know, you just take what the book gives you and you create your own character. It kind of ruins some, yeah, some some aspect, like you say, your own creativity, what you bring into it, you know, the visual and, you know, auditory aspect is supplied for you in advance. And it's really hard to get that out of your mind and to replace it with your own stuff if you've been infected by the movie. I feel exactly the same when it comes to song lyrics and what and what lyrics mean. So I think I just never ask people because I'm always going to be disappointed because a song never means the what I think it means. You know. Well, that's why I'm a I'm I have never wanted lyric sheets uh, because I think that for more than half the time people are singing lyrics that aren't the actual lyrics and they're probably better than the ones we're singing. So I just. You know, if whatever you think we're singing, if you like it, that's what we're singing. I like that. I like that. I'm a big fan of misheard lyrics. Um, what are you reading at the moment? Speaking of books. Oh, um, well, I've been reading books that I've been finding in our, you know, we have local. Do you have these little libraries, little free libraries? Well, yeah. that's a it's a pretty big thing here in my neighborhood now. And so I've, I'm just picking up. Um, books that I find in there. I, I read a couple of Stephen King books. Uh, I read the, the Outsider, which I thought was a really fun book. I'm reading a book called Mars right now about um, a Martian uh, ex- exploration. Um, I'm trying to think of the, I, I don't read as often as I'd like to, but uh, because once I do get into a book, I'm so happy but getting me to start the book is a son of, or getting myself to start a book is, is really hard, you know, even though uh, I like, I read uh, uh, the book, the goldfinch mm-hmm. and that was a gift that was given to me by John, our drummer. And I had that book and I started it. I don't know, at least three times. And I would read, I read every time I read about 30 pages. And I just would put it down and go, just, I don't care. I don't care about this story. I'm not going to read it. And 
finally, I think I was I was in Mexico and uh, it was one of the few English language books they had on the bookshelf. And I got to like page 32 and shit goes crazy. And it was one of my it's one of my favorite books in uh, in my modern in my modern reading. Um, but just it took years for, for me to start that book. And, and it's and I try to remember that. But every time it's the same, like, yeah, I don't know. Reading. <laughs> Is there going to be a test? That's not very rock and roll. <laughs> no, but man, I, I really do. I think like you were saying, you know, as far as what you can put into a book, like you can envision the characters and, and the, and, you know, they describe a city, but then you populate that city with the faces and everything. It's, it's a really uh, beautiful escape. It's probably, I would say probably reading books is probably one of the, the best escapes there is, you know, um, I think music is a great escape too, but it's, but it's a little more, it's more like crack where reading books is, is more like a, you know, fine, fine scotch. You can get wasted on both, but, uh, you know, there's something a little more, or, you know, more satisfying ultimately about reading a book. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I, so you're, I, I used to take copies of Ulysses on planes because I used to live in New Zealand. Right. And so if I were to fly up to the U S it would take like 12 to 15 hours which is like a long ass time. So I would go, you know, what? I can't read Ulysses past like page 20, but if I take it on a plane, fucking read it. Never picked it up. No. Well, they've all, you got the in-flight magazine, you know, there's that. Which is so much better. Oh my God. <laughs> the, it's just oh, so, all, you know, the in-flight magazine has all the best writers. Yeah. They, they really bring, the, bring the, the local flavors of the globe right to you. It's the creme de la creme of authorship. Yeah, and and the uh, poorly edited crosswords. Yeah, it, you know, you can't go wrong with an in-flight magazine, especially when the other option is Ulysses. Yeah, that'll probably drive you to do all kinds of other stuff. You mean, you know, you could be getting a doctorate instead of reading Ulysses. That's yeah, that's how I felt about it. Oddly, oddly enough, I know you guys are kind of fans of zombies. Um, I've been reading World War Z recently. Oh, it would be Z for. Um, I don't know if you've read that book, but that's quite an interesting one. No, I haven't. Oh no, no, wait, I did read it. Yes, it's a, it's a, it's from the perspective of different like world health officials, right? And yeah. then exper- like their firsthand accounts of the start of the the pandemic of zombie apocalypse. Yes, I thought that was great. I thought the movie was not um, did not at all capture what that book was about. <laughs> I think they they. I think about the only thing it shared was there were zombies and it had the same title. Yeah, I think they just put the sticker on it. It's just yeah, it's like well, well, we got the, we got what do we got we got a title, we got Brad Pitt, we got a uh, hundred million dollars. Let's make some money, I you know. But that's Hollywood for you. That's that so those soulless co- film corporations, right? You bastard! <laughs> yeah. How would you survive a zombie apocalypse? What's your um, what's your your guidebook or your tip? Um, I'm a I, I'm a I think I'm one of those people. You know, it's like well, you you want to fortify your house. Uh, you know, you want a good vantage point, maybe like a lawn chair on your roof. You know, it would be good to be armed with something better than a pitchfork. Um, but you know, I mean, honestly, when when the pandemic started. Uh, it it did cross my mind. That, do I need a gun? I mean, is 
how bad is this going to be when the toilet paper is gone? Which I always thought was insane. Like, okay, guys, if this is like the end times, are we really worried if we're using two-ply toilet paper? What? Why does everyone care? I mean, worse comes to worse. You can use a magazine or you can just take a shower after you poop. It's That is not would not even be close to the top of my list of things to hoard and yet here we are i don't know do you have any opinions why was toilet paper a thing i have no idea how that caught on but i mean i could see food like bags of rice something that keeps you alive toilet paper doesn't keep you alive It, it, it feels like it started off as a joke Right, and then just got way out of control. <laughs> it was a somebody's some some sixteen-year-old uh, uh, made a meme about toilet paper running out, and it, it took off. Yeah, and then they're just That's sitting in their trendy. bedroom, going, "Oh shit, what have I done? I need toilet paper. What have I done?" <laughs> yeah, it, it was the same here. It was weird. Um, my so my zombie survival thing is I'm gonna buy stilts because then the fuckers can't reach me. Well, I guess it depends on the kind of zombie. I mean, how I guess your zombies are really not that bright. That's what I'm fucking bidding on because I'm not that bright. <laughs> right. There was some, uh, what was it? There was a movie with Timothy Oliphant where the zombies were a little smarter. Those are the scary zombies, the, the smart ones. But yeah, stilts. But I mean, you better plan ahead. You don't just hop on those things. You re- it takes a little training. Yeah. I would say so, yeah. All the roads, well, not all of them, but a lot of the roads around here are cobblestones too. So there's going to be like a whole lot of, it's going to be disaster. Yeah, you need to get some, you know, some hiking boots to put on the bottom of your uh, stilts. I may, I may be dead before the zombie apocalypse, just practicing my stilts. So that that you you might break your neck and be and be one of the first patient zombies. zero. Yeah, you might be the first zombie on stilts. You're. <laughs> Your undead corpse will learn, will perfect the stilts. See, now, if I could be famous for that, I'd be quite happy going out like that. Sure. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if only you had, if you could be aware that you were a zombie doing that. I'd never get to dine out on it, right? No. I could never merchandise it or sell the movie rights or anything like that. No, you, you, you couldn't get invited to the cool parties or anything because you would be, you know, just looking for brains mm. <laughs> some would say i'm doing that as a non-zombie yeah well yeah sorry a little self-dig there yeah so they get the um the pandemic like i, I mean i try not to talk about the pandemic too much because it's boring and all of that kind of thing but the yeah, gun my, thing is apologize no no, no 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 you're all good it's that's not a dig at all but because you, you mentioned the gun thing which is interesting to me because that's like a like totally different perspective right because i'm from new zealand which is a small country where we don't really do that and i moved to a you know scotland is a obviously part of the uk but in and of itself is a small nation where we don't really do that and so we were kind of like holy fuck there's no rice and beans and where are we gonna shit there's no toilet paper but for you it's like next level well i mean there are way too many guns in this country you know i mean uh ultimately you know i didn't get a gun and i'm glad and i really don't want one in my life i i very strongly believe that if you involve a gun in any situation 
the chances of you being hurt go way up. Uh, you know, I think a very rarely, and maybe if you're very well trained, a gun can be of use. But I would say that you're really elevating things when you involve a handgun. I, you know, some it's a breaking and entering. Maybe you know they might throw something at you or whatever. But if you pull out a gun, they weren't planning on using their gun, but now they are or whatever. Anyway, I just I. Um, I, just for personally, it, it would be bad. I would be shooting myself in the foot. It, it would not be pretty if I, oh, if I owned too. a handgun. But it's but it is true. You know, for a moment there, I didn't know how bad it would be. It's like if the economy is shutting down, people are going to need things, and you know, if we're out of things a little more important than toilet paper, you know, it. I don't think it would take very much for someone in dire need who needs to take care of their family to, you know, take it upon themselves to, to procure food for their, for their family any way possible. And if they have a gun, maybe they would, you know, start robbing their neighbors for things. I mean, I, you know, luckily that was just, uh, you know, that was just really pessimistic thinking on my part. Mm. Um, you know, it didn't get that far, which is amazing. And I think it's a testament to, you know, you know, whatever pitfalls or whatever about, you know, modern society that at least we, we, we kept it together. You know, it wasn't like the Great Depression or, you know, it, I mean, for some people it was, I'm sure, just oh, continues to be horrible, yeah. you know, but in general, the fabric of society seems to have held up a lot better than I thought it would. So, Good job, human beings. Yeah, we've done well. It's funny um, because we we are kind of safer and healthier and living longer and more prosperous than we've ever been. But and I haven't. Don't get me wrong. I have. I'm not a time traveler. But it feels like we're also kind of more um, perhaps critical or or less trusting of the fact that like we can keep our shit together as a species when something bad happens to all of us. You know, yeah. like it felt like yeah. everyone was going to go, fuck, but instead we didn't. And everyone was kind of surprised. And it's like, you would hope that, you know, we could do that. That, that you would, yeah, it would be nice if everyone was like, well, of course we'll handle this. But yeah, uh, yeah no, I mean, you know, uh, our band has a, has a, a motto, when in doubt, freak out, because <laughs> we do. So anyway, I think that's what, that's. Uh, what I was expecting the globe to do, and uh, and and the globe did not freak out. Are, are you a gamer, perchance? Uh, like video games? Yeah. Yes, I well, I recently start uh, started playing video games again, and uh, I've been enjoying it. Have you? This whole conversation has just got me thinking of The Last of Us, um, specifically oh, part I, two. Yes, that's the game that got me back. It well. The Last of Us and Red Dead Redemption 2 were the two games. But yeah, I just finished this Last of Us Part 2 uh, maybe eight months ago or something like that. And it was so engrossing. Baby. What a great, what a great story. And, um, you know, when I was a kid, it was Pong and it was, you know, asteroids and stuff, you know, totally impersonal, shoot them up, you know, two-dimensional, you know, left, right up down and now you are you know you are part of a movie it's it's mm -hmm. it's really incredible and uh yeah just a 
the storytelling that they're that they're able to do in video games nowadays it's it's uh, fantastic um and, i don't have the great i don't have the greatest reflexes but i do enjoy the story and so you know and the occasional headshot yes but you know i same. i never pl- i never play head to head with anybody because i oh my, i'm be so bad at that oh yeah, yeah. So we play they had one of those gaming systems set up at a festival we were at once and david and i sat down to play you know some kind of um you know first person multiplayer shooter and he and i were just getting killed david's pretty good i am so terrible and i just got killed and respawned like 30 times that turned out it was the bass player from lamb of god who apparently <laughs> is very good at this and he was and he was sitting next to me just chuckling i'm like oh oh forget it it was just it was like i would respawn headshot respawn headshot i think this is not fun for me I mean, i'm gonna stop while i'm while i'm behind I love that they. I love that the punchline there though was bass player from Lamb of God. Like it could have yeah, been anyone at a festival, right? But that it's someone at Lamb of God is just epic. Yeah, he, he kicked our asses. But so anyway, I I like playing against the non-player characters where they're sort of designed to be kind of stupid. So yeah, beatable. all right, I, I can handle these robots. You know, I've, I've said it to the, the the amount of smarts I'm allowing these robots to be. And then I'm going to feel good about myself when I kill him. Yeah. Oh, a hundred, a hundred percent. That that's my thing too. But the, you know, the thing that struck anyway, me the sorry, most but, of us. Sorry. Sorry. But yeah, but exactly. I went on a tangent, but yeah. now you were saying okay. about that game. That's why we're here. That's why podcasts are fun. I used to, I'm going to go on a tangent now. I used to do the All 20 right. minute blocks where you would like record a, com- you get 20 minutes, get your questions in, get out and then write up like a 500 word article based on that conversation. And it was just it was shit. It wasn't fun. This is fun because we can go off in every kind of different direction. It's yeah, like somebody's somebody's got to be bored enough to listen to this. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping. At least more than one yeah, person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, Brian's as bad at video games as I am. Yeah, maybe make people feel better. Yeah. I mean, I know, I know people see me and they're like, ah, he must be a terrific gamer. Yeah, you've got the lot of people don't say that. Yeah. A can, exactly. a, can, a can of monster energy and a bag of Doritos and you'd be. It'd be sad. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, the the whole thing just re- like that thing with zombies and and pandemics and all that sort of stuff is like the scariest thing about those stories is always other people. Yeah, you know, like you kind of get used to the like the zombies are scary because they're trying to eat you, but mostly you're getting fucked by other people. And I yeah, think that's and they're more terrifying. evil because yeah, because they're because they're basically we're all we all are monsters, you know, just the, luckily we live in a society where that doesn't have, we don't have to allow that part of ourselves out because we live in a structured society, but uh, you know, we are all worse than zombies or we have, I think we all have the potential to be worse than zombies for sure. Hmm. I, I feel like that's always the, the, like the, is it the moral of those stories is, is, is that people are more shit. I think that generally, yeah, you know, I mean, it, yeah, and and I don't think anyone's disputing it. Mm. Yeah, and it's, it's, I don't know, it's an odd thing, like, the, the older I get, I don't know if this is the same for you, but when I was younger, I was like, yeah, blood and guts and gore and all that kind of shit, but the older I get, the more disturbing I find it all. It's such a weird thing, it's like I'm more sensitive to just how fucked up we can be as people, so playing The Last of Us and having to do shit that I didn't want to do, but I had to do 
was super like unnerving to me. Yeah, I I know. I mean, I used to love you know horror movies. I mean, I remember going to see like Freddy Krueger, uh, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street four or something with a friend of mine, and we covered ourselves in blood to be in the theater, covered in blood. And, you know, we were really into it. Uh, that movie was kind of shit, but um, but you know, we were really into horror movies, and I and. Um, but now I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I, mm, is there a is there a romantic comedy I could dive into here? <laughs> for a, for a wee while, I was really into Japanese horror films. They make some really scary shit. I yeah, well, I mean, I I don't know much about it, but I I mean, I The, the Ring, for example, very yeah. unpleasant movie. It's it's like Great. it's sorry, it's a really good it's a really good movie, but man, bummer yeah it's it's like you have the kind of hollywood style slasher films and you're like this is kind of off-putting the japanese ones don't even have to be violent and you're just going oh fuck i'm gonna die like i'm sleeping with the light on for the next two weeks absolutely yeah i think one of the scariest uh horror things i ever saw was uh this is so goofy but it's like a it was a student film it was like two minutes long and it ended up being turned into a feature-length movie which apparently got panned i never saw it but there was a there was a short film like a college student or something and it was called lights out anyway it's like a two-minute short film and it fucked me up so bad like i still i'm still you know i mean i'm almost 50 years old and i'm like yeah i should turn the lights on (laughs) (laughs) i mean it was that good it was basically just the whole concept was there was some there was some entity that could live in the dark, that couldn't in the light. And so, you know, this this person is like in bed and, you know, turning the lights off and, and just very vaguely, you can see the outline of a, of a person in the dark. They turn the light back on, not there. Turn the lights out, it's there again, but a little bit closer. Anyway, it, like I say, it was, there was really nothing to it, but it was just so terrifying. And I thought, you know, that, that is a, there's a lot of power to that, you know? Um, but I, you know, that's probably, uh, human beings have always been afraid of the dark because that's where, you know, tigers eat you and shit. It's probably survival. You, you want the lights on if you can. Yeah. It's like when you're kind of half asleep or just falling asleep and you see the coat on the back of your door or like the pile of clothes on the chair in the corner of the room and your brain goes, what the fuck is that? I'm going to die. Oh, yeah. and you kind of sit bolt upright. Absolutely. You know, and I've, and I've sort of taken to uh, um, eating, uh, you know, edible marijuana to, to go to sleep, um, which works great. But if something like that happens, woo, you can really blow that out of proportion. You know, you hear some knocking, you're like, oh, my God, you know, we're all going to die. Oh, wait, it's a dog. You know, I mean, <laughs> so. But I still do it because you really can't sleep quite well if you if you get through the terror. Your bedtime sounds like it. Usually I ask people about morning routines, but your bedtime sounds like a fucking event. <laughs> right. Yeah, nothing nothing says goodnight like we're all gonna die. <laughs> you just wake up in the morning and go, yes, I made it. <laughs> exactly. I earned this coffee. Yeah, I mean, God, it sounds like you do. It's early in the is it in the after, afternoon for you, or morning? Uh, or something? it's uh it's afternoon. 
we're okay, having so a beautiful day here. It's a, it's like in the uh, lower 70s, sunny. I have it's, no idea what that means, but it's too nice. At, at least you've got a few hours to kind of like shake this conversation off, right? So you're that, not going for that, that brownie later on tonight going, oh, fuck. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I feel pretty confident. Yeah. I, the, uh, really, I want to be the first person to know if, if shit goes down. Well, you will be. Uh, the, the last video game that I finished was, uh, was Death Stranding. Did you play that one? No, I haven't played it yet. So fucked up. Speaking of being high and doing something, there's a, well, you're, you know, you're this guy in this, in this fucking, in this world, this sort of dystopian world. Uh, and there's, um, you know, these sort of phantoms that float around and you're this, and you're like a mailman, like literally you're like a mailman and, uh, and you have a baby strapped to your chest that helps you out. And it'd be like a baby, like a human baby. I'm like, what is happening? This is the fucking weirdest. Anyway, I finally accepted that that was what the, you know, and I followed the plot. And, it was, and I ended up really enjoying it. It's kind of slow moving, but, it, you know, it's good for, for guys my age, I guess. You know, it's not super action packed, but what a bizarre, you know, world to be involved in. Freaking baby strapped to his chest. What? <laughs> and, and of course, it's Norman Reedus of all people, right? Which just adds that extra kind of like, what the fuck? Like he's Daryl. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, and he's, and it's the, the game is sponsored by Monster Energy Drinks. So that's like a pivotal part of the playthrough is this beverage. I'm like, what's happening? So it's, I mean, that's, I guess, you know, uh, modern. I mean, they're, they're so, it's such big business, but uh, you man, the, the product placements are so on the nose. It's crazy. Like that, it's like in order to get your, you know, your stat points up, drink more monster energy drink than is probably healthy for a human being. I mean, that's a thing. Like drinking, you know, 80 ounces of monster energy drink might give you heart palpitations or a, a mild heart attack or a stroke in real life. But it's part of the game is having him do this. I'm playing Metal Gear Solid Five and that and, oh, and yeah. sunglass and sunglasses are a thing. They don't seem to have anything to do with the plot except for there's just gratuitous shots of people putting on name brand sunglasses. And you're like, okay, I get it. It's sunny. He's wearing sunglasses, but it's like apparently they paid a shitload of money to, you know, and invest in a shitload of money. So gratuitous sunglass shots. It's so, so weird. Speaking but I mean, of whatever. corporate sponsorship, this train wreck is brought to you by. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's fucking not. Someone should sponsor me. Yeah, man. You know, it's a uh, there's there's no retirement for podcasters. You no. you know take it when you take what you can get. That's always the the um the running joke though, right? It's like with most of the bands, and we sort of started to see this at the start, but yeah, every, everyone's working and all that kind of shit on the side and it's it's fun breaking down that myth like there's there are people that aren't you know motley crew devil was prada you know but yeah it's always an interesting like conversation i love sort of getting into that whole business now sort of things right because we don't talk about bands like businesses very often and i always like knowing how people kind of cracked that and when they were like oh shit i have to start thinking about you know profit and loss sheets and tour booking and 
and all of that kind of stuff as opposed to the sort of fluffier side of like i like this band they make me feel good well yeah i mean i think that uh, you know you do have to think about it you know there's a ton of logistics that go into it you look at a show say oh that show sounds great but you know what's the offer can we afford to get there how you know um what how much percentage do they take on the shirt you know you do have to i mean unfortunately there is a, a lot of that where you just have to say well it's just not i'm not willing to spend six hundred dollars of my money to go play a show i'm just not you know i'm not in that kind of financial situation where i can spend money to play shows so um you know but but i think part of being in a band is 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 to is to carry the illusion that um oh no it's just all strippers and cocaine and good times all the time you know i'm sure there's loads of that too though right oh sure yeah yeah uh some of some of the best travel players are strippers you know i mean you know we can tell you that firsthand so uh, I mean, especially but, I mean, in Portland, you guys have a lot of strip clubs. Uh, yeah, we do. It's um, it's odd, but it, it's true. I remember, I, you know, I honestly don't. I haven't been to a strip club in quite a while, but uh, I, I was at a strip club here in Portland the day there was a law. This is, uh, yeah. Well, there was a law that was passed. We have a very liberal dancing you know laws here and but this law was passed where uh uh male and female strippers could no longer touch their own genitalia so it was it was sort of an event you know you, you got to go to the strip club this is the last day they can touch their own genitalia so sort of like ah the end of an era remember when they could touch their vagina remember that you know whatever fucking ridiculous i i think the world is going to be fine without that but uh yeah anyway <laughs> i i attended the last day of genitalia touching at uh i can't remember the uh, maybe magic garden i think was the strip club anywho i yeah like i say you know i don't really go to strip clubs anymore it's too expensive buy you know six dollar budweiser get out of here yeah <laughs> uh it's funny that you bring that up because when i was there I met the um, the owner of the vegan strip club that you guys have there. I can't remember the name of it. Uh, that Casa Devil's de Point. Dude, yeah. Devil's Point, yeah. And he, yeah, we we had this whole, so I didn't, I wasn't going recreationally. I was doing a story about, you know, him and about the club and all that kind of stuff. And um, he was talking about pretty much about that same thing. And he's like, so the workaround that we came up with is we just got them to touch each other. Ah, very clever. Yeah. They, you know, there's always loopholes. Yeah, it was a it was a weird experience, but that's one of the things that I've I don't know. I feel like you and you obviously know this better than I do, but I feel like Portland has that kind of um, slight sort of weirdness to it that just sort of lets shit happen. You know? Yeah, I mean, I think we're very the people skew very uh, very liberal and. Um, almost to the point of absurdity here sometimes it's like man whatever you want to do you know if you want to you know put hooks in your body and you know hang from a tree you go for it you know it's like yeah okay just don't do it to me go ahead you know so that's a we're getting that's a hard limit for you we're getting a lot of scoops out of this podcast yeah, I will not be doing any kind of uh, anything like no trepanation for me. I, I, you know, I just 
I, I had ear piercings when I was a kid. That was just, that was the biggest hole I needed in my body. Mm, I've still got, I was going to say, I've still got mine, but I stretched mine. Yeah. And they're, they're cool. I still like them, but they ain't fucking going back. What's the, so, uh, what's the, what's the funniest thing you ever put in the hole? Oh, uh, <laughs> um, you don't have to say, how about the second funniest thing you ever put in the hole? No, <laughs> any hole. Um, it's, it's just all like, we're talking like, about piercings here. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. That's of course, of course we're very sensible professionals. Um, it's, it's mostly just like dumb stuff like pencils and pens and like carrot sticks and like hey will this fit tonk nope that doesn't fit oh, okay you know it's yeah it's if you grow out of it it gets annoying quite quickly when people are yeah, like, i'm sure yeah hey put hey. this in there yeah you put this in. here uh, put, put it through your ear yeah so you look i got a bag of chips you put it in your ear yeah no <laughs> yeah exactly it's a whole thing it's a whole thing I did hear of a guy that stretched his nipple once, though. That was a bit much for me. Yeah, no, thank you. Uh, we were we one of the first times we I went on a tour off of the the west coast. Uh, we were going to play in South Dakota at a at a, at a at a punk house that was known. It was like the Pentagram House because they had a you know Christmas lights, red Christmas lights that had a pentagram in the window. Probably made people real sad in Rapid City. Because you know it's a small town and and fairly conservative anyway, so they did that on purpose. But uh, we toured with the band, and they were like, "Okay, we're playing this house." The last time we played here, you know, it was very DIY, and they're like, "The last time we played here, we we played. It was a snowstorm. We had to play someplace really far away the next day, so we had to drive through the night. But the snowstorm, they ran into there was a." Like an 18 wheeler had turned over and there was a bunch of cow corpses, frozen cow corpses. And they were like sort of creeping their car through the cow, cow, cow corpses. But it, it became, it was to the point where they just couldn't get through anymore. So they had to turn back around and go back to the house. Well, by this time, the party had gotten pretty out of hand. And apparently someone, their skill was putting things in their urethra. And so they get back to the house and they go in and there's this guy his pants around his ankles, standing out, you know, drunk, standing on the kitchen table. And, you know, there's people chanting, do it. And he's got a quarter inch cable for like a guitar and puts that in his urethra. And he's like swinging his dick around with a guitar cord sticking out of his dick. Anyway, so they're telling me the story. I'm like, and we're, we're going to this house right now. Um, it was fine. There was no, there was none of that when we got there. But I was like, yeah, oh, no. Uh, and now the, that guy uh, the, who owned that house is a good friend of mine. So, uh, you know, wasn't him with the guitar chord. Anyway, oh. I'm not sure where that story goes from, but, I, you know, it's, it was, that was even, it, it was a second person story anyway. It just still, it's stuck in my mind. I mean, it's going to be in my fucking mind until the day I die. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, it's uh, I'll bust it out at parties. The thing is, is I my credibility is I can be like, oh yeah, I was talking to Red Fang and they were saying about this guy that stuck a guitar chord down his urethra. And exactly, you know. So by the time I pass it on and polish it up, it'll be it'll do the rounds in the parties. Oh, I have I have one more story, the secondhand story. But all right, so there's some people out there that are going to probably be like, no. Well, in any case. I know some people that were, uh, you know, very in the punk, punk 
uh, punk rock um, scene or whatever. And there were, and they were hosting a party and these, and I guess there was a summer where these, these punk rock clowns came to town from, from San Francisco and they all had different, you know, crust, they're like crusty punk and they had different names, you know, and one of the, one of the clowns, the gal, and she, she went by, you know, so it's a crusty punk with clown makeup on. Anyway, her nickname was Puddles. Oh, no. Anyway, so she's walking around the party and um, apparently she had a, she had a catheter. So, so she's drinking beer and throughout the night she had a catheter that was running to her bra so that the more beer she drank, the larger her breasts became as they became engorged with her own urine. But in order to fill the, the, her urine bra, she would have to squat and she would leave puddles around her. So they called her puddles. Anyway, also, that's not for, there's no point to that story, except that what? We think Portland thinks it's weird. I mean, if Portland thinks it's weird, then we're not. We're we're blowing it. We need to. We need to get puddles up here, full time. Maybe puddles needs to go on tour with you. Uh, yeah, just as uh, part of the stage show. I mean, not as like a twenty four seven thing. Just a lot of plastic for the van. <laughs> Fuck. You know, the um, publicist emailed me, and he was like can you do 10 30 is that is that okay and i was like yeah no worries like those ones are fun they're kind of you know a bit more weird a bit more personable fucking weirdest one i've ever done all right well i, I salute I'll you sir chin chin sir this this has been a, a wild ride well i had i i enjoyed it i don't know if we got any kind of pertinent information out there but the people now have um images in their minds which is good and I feel like I got at least one anecdote that you maybe haven't told to someone else on this press cycle. So. Oh yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure that's true. Mission accomplished. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Whether you know some anecdotes don't need to be told. We just that's not up to us to decide, right? That's. I guess so. Yeah. That's up to the hate mail that's going to come pouring into my inbox to decide. Yeah, man. Tr- bring up, bring it up, bring on the trolls. Oh God, don't even. Um, <laughs> dude, thank you so much for coming and hanging out. This has been horrifying, but also quite a bit We're fun. We're all gonna die! And leave puddles <laughs> behind. That's exactly. That's, thank that's you, a man. great place to end it. All right, man. Thank you so much. Have a great night. You too. See you soon. Bye. So that was Red Fang. Here on the More Than Punk podcast. Good episode, great episode, fun chat for sure. Some horrifying stories in there. I think I'm going to let those sit with you for a little bit, but we should definitely talk about that. Facebook, Twitter, hit me up at More Than Punk and More Than Punk Podcast. It'd be good to hear from you. I want to know what Brian's stories did to you. I feel thoroughly traumatized even listening back on it to do this little production side of things. Anyway, this is the new track from Red Fang. It's called Why, and you should go and check out their album Arrows, which is streaming everywhere, and of course you can go and buy it, which you should do, 
because physical copies of things are fucking awesome. I'll see you again next week, Modern Punk Podcast. Leave a review, by the way, on a on a thing, a social platform or a, a podcast platform. You know where to leave them. You know all this shit anyway. See you guys next week. Oh